Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to A Little Better. Thank you for listening and watching, all of you. Uh, We're so grateful to have you as our podcast fam. And these last couple of weeks, as we've been getting submissions in, it's been fun to not only uh, get to talk to you, but to hear back from you. So that's been uh, a fun thing this Christmas season. Thanks for uh, engaging, whether you're commenting on Facebook or you're sharing or even just sending in your submissions for our dumb contest that we made up on the spot. <laughs> we're grateful for you. And um, yeah, we're back here. This is Aaron Hickson. I'm the Rochester campus pastor. And we have Drew back this week um, because he is uh, Rona free which is awesome. And yeah, I know. That's awesome. We're super glad for that. And um, you haven't talked about it much. So do you want to talk at all about like symptoms in the end or like how was it not tasting? Yeah. So I could always taste, which is- Oh yes. You couldn't smell. That's right. I did not lose my taste. Um, That was a gift from the Lord and his grace (laughs) poured over me. Uh, I did lose my smell. And so, yeah, it's weird you taste a lot with your nose and that sounds wrong, but it's true. Like everything is very muted. Um, and so it was, it was sad, but it didn't keep me from eating my mom's Christmas cookies. So like, she's been baking like crazy down in the basement and it's sad. Cause I, like, I can't, I can't smell it wafting up, but I would go down like every hour. I'm like, so what's the next, what's the next cookie on the menu? And you know, an extractor fan that just like pulls scents from the kitchen down there, <laughs> not to the outside, to the upstairs. Right. Oh, yeah. And funny. you know, Hey, one, thanks for all the prayers. I said Sunday, I, 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 by no means do I mean to downplay COVID because it is a serious virus. Um, I, my family and I were very lucky to have just mild symptoms. Um, the big one for me was extreme exhaustion, man. I would like sweep the garage and be like, Oh, I need to sleep for six hours. Like <laughs> I was just tired. Like, That's tough. Uh, and so, um, it was tough, but I know a lot of people are battling with a lot of, a lot of worse symptoms than me. There's mm-hmm. people in the hospitals that we're praying for. And, and maybe some of our listeners have lost somebody from COVID. And so by no means do I mean to downplay this virus. It's very deadly and dangerous. Um, we were just, lucky enough, um, God protected us uh, from any severe uh, symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good perspective. And I think um, obviously we're glad you're doing well. I was even talking uh, this past weekend with um, some nurses through a couple different things on zoom. And they were just talking about how like insane it is right now with, you know, working in the hospital and all these floors are being converted to different things. It's just a tough thing. And so, uh, we're so grateful for, you know, in particular healthcare workers and what they're having to uh, walk through during this holiday season, obviously, uh, COVID doesn't know about Christmas. And so while some people they're able to kind of disengage from work, maybe around the holiday, that's not true for folks who are providing for people's health. So, uh, thank you for that, you know, to all of our, we, and we obviously have a huge part of our Northridge family are in the medical community because it's the number one, you know, university of Rochester's number one employer, and that hospital system is massive. And it's not just, obviously, there's multiple hospital systems. So a huge percentage of our people do that. So thank you. Thank you very much, genuinely. Uh, especially this time of year, it's important to be grateful for that kind of stuff. Um, but hey, let me do some logistics and then we'll get into the, the, the podcast, uh, the contest over the last couple of weeks. Okay, so uh, logistics. For one, we're recording this, and today is the twenty-first. You're listening to it. Hopefully, you know sometime the week of Christmas Eve. So here's what's coming up. Okay, Christmas Eve. We've on the twenty-fourth, which is Christmas Eve. 
December the 24th. I've got that date. I feel really good about that date. What I don't feel good about is our service times, but we have four Christmas Eve services at our Rochester campus and online and three at our Webster campus. And if I say anything wrong, Drew, you correct me. I'm going to pull up my calendar right here and say that we have services at 2, 3.30, 5, and 6.30. Yes. So 2, 3.30, Five and six thirty, and then for the Webster campus, it's just those last three. So three thirty-five and six thirty online. We'll have all the same ones as the Rochester campus, and uh, we're excited. You know, we're looking forward to those. Hopefully, you can join us, whether that's going to be in person or online. We recognize this is a weird year. We just want to celebrate Christ's birth in the you know in a safe and and reasonable way. So we're hoping to do that. Hopefully, you'll be able to join us and maybe even make an invite to some neighbors to pop some popcorn or whatever and watch from home, whatever's best for them. And I think if you are on Facebook, which probably a lot of you are, um, there's a invite that we shot. It's just me personally inviting people to our Christmas Eve services. If you could do us a favor and just share that, you never know what a simple share could do to somebody on your Facebook feed. And, and the great news is um, we, we, we can watch it from the comfort of our home. So maybe it's somebody who lives out of state, somebody who you know can't connect. Sorry, my kids are trying to come to my door. I, I try to lock it, but they are masterminds that like just... Daddy, the battering Daddy. ram is coming out. <laughs> so you guaranteed at least once they're going to interrupt the podcast recording or whatever. I tried to record a sermon for twelve twenty seven. It was oh my word, it was it's a disaster. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but send out, share that with people on your Facebook feed, man, and they can watch it from the the comfort of their home and engage with our Christmas Eve services. So um, I, I would that. love for you to do that. Yeah, so that's that's twelve twenty four. Um, then on the twenty seventh, that's Sunday, December the twenty seventh. Um, we are have all of our services have moved online, so we're going to be engaging that way. Just you know, taking a week to really uh, emphasize. You know, family and all of that service is already recorded and we're ready to go with that, which is nice to have that kind of ready to just you know press play in that sense on that on that Sunday. And then the following week on January 3rd, we'll be back, you know, again, everything changes in a COVID world, but as the, the, at the moment on January 3rd, we're planning to be back with our normal routine of services in person at the Rochester and Webster campus and online. Um, and we'll go from there. So 1224 Christmas Eve services, 1227, everything's online. And then January 3rd, kind of getting back into the swing. And so for the podcast, that means this week we're recording, like I said, on the 21st, releasing on the 22nd and uh, next week, uh, the 28th and 29th, we will not, we'll take a break, a break. Nobody needs to listen to us over new year's. Nobody needs that in their life. And then it will jump back in after January 3rd, where actually Nate Miller is going to be preaching. He's going to be kicking off our year. He kicked off 2020, which means we're hoping that he can like undo the curse or whatever. Uh, we'll see what happens, <laughs> but we'll join, we'll, we'll jump back into a little better on January the 4th. We'll record on the 4th and release on the 5th. So now that you know what's coming and I'm sure you took copious notes, all of our listeners were just very <laughs> astute as you're, I was going to say mowing the lawn and listening. I don't think anybody's mowing the lawn. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that would be very weird. Okay. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys tracked with all that. And of course you can always just check our website and social media and that kind of thing um, for those kind of details. But a couple of big things related to this contest. Let's jump in. Last week, we asked um, all of our fam to submit their favorite uh, food or drink that they only consume around the holidays. Okay. So before we get to any submissions and we got good submissions this week, um, I'm just wondering, what, how would you answer that, Drew? Favorite thing that you only eat or drink around the holidays? That Only during the holidays. Wow. Sugar cookies. I'm not a big sugar okay. cookie fan, but I like them. I like decorating during the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, Starbucks 
caramel brulee, okay. gingerbread <laughs> latte. Okay. Um, seasonal drinks at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, seasonal drinks at Starbucks. I hate when they go away. I'm like, why why don't they sell these year-round? So that you'll buy 300 of them at Christmas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, yeah, and we don't, you know, I guess prime rib. We make prime rib for Christmas dinner. And okay. I might eat prime rib one more time throughout the year, but it's not something that I eat very regularly at all. And so... Um, that is our Christmas tradition uh, for like the main course of our, mm-hmm. we, we make a big prime rib. So I love it. It's amazing. So I think that would be probably the biggest one. Okay. Um, I'm thinking sweets on my end. So my mom would make like homemade eggnog, which I didn't know that people bought eggnog until I got like out of high school and people would be like, Hey, you want some eggnog? And I'm thinking like, where are you going to whip up some eggnog? And then they would show me this thing in like a half gallon. And I was just like, what is this? And I tasted it and I hated it. And I don't know, I honestly could not tell you a single thing about what my mom's eggnog is. It might just be like a vanilla milkshake for all I know, but it's delicious compared to whatever is going on with normal eggnog. Even like people ask you what the difference is. I don't ingredients, man. I just, whatever people give me. Obviously that's the difference. (laughs) No, I mean, like, I don't think about that stuff. I just, whatever. I'm curious. I want to, I want to taste face eggnog yeah well you know she occasionally does listen so mom if you're listening uh send us some eggnog recipes i don't know what it is faith i'm expecting a you know (laughs) jar mailed to me in the mail of your eggnog i'm like dying to try it now so but yeah we would do that we would also always um we didn't uh, sugar cookies and and frosting were not necessarily an every year thing but an every year thing was peanut butter balls dipped in chocolate. So we call the Buckeyes. I don't know what everybody else calls them. I think they have regional names, but we call them Buckeyes in Ohio. And um, yeah, we always did those. And and then once we had the double boiler going and like the fancy chocolate melted, it was just like whatever else you could think of to dip in chocolate. So it was just like other chocolate things. Chocolate covered fingers is what they call that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. By the end, it was literally like chocolate covered, I don't know, potato chips, like there's still (laughs) chocolate left. Um, So yeah, that was definitely a thing um, in, in our family. And then Puppy Chow, which actually got mm. submitted by Lindsay, Josh and Lindsay Figler. They said Puppy Chow, Funfetti Puppy Chow was a submission from them. Uh, and like almost everyone, they also in their submission ragged on the fact that I haven't seen Home Alone. And we'll get to that. But anyway, they they did submit that. That was a that was a great submission. I love Puppy uh, Chow. I love it. Yeah, it is so good. good. Some people call it different things, I but it's Puppy Chow to me for sure. Then Rick submitted uh, another great submission, really well thought out, our winner from last week. But he graciously asked to not be considered because, once again, he had a great answer that would have for sure been close to the finalists. But um, again, thank you guys for taking the time to send these in. We appreciate hearing from you. But our winner this week is going to be a longtime podcast listener. Drew's giving us a drum roll. It's Terrible be- drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Deanna Spiata. So congratulations, woo, Deanna. Woo. Merry Christmas. Here, let me tell you a little bit about her submission. She said, here's my entry for the best food you only eat. My situation is unique. She has been, you know, and has talked, you know, publicly before about um, some medical issues she has related to what she can and can't eat. And so she has to work through that. But this is like a, hey, before any of that onset in her life, um, she said that her her late grandmother, Spiata, used to make, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Chichar Kiata. 
she did give me a pronunciation guide in the submission. So I did my best or there would be honey balls in English. It's little balls of deep fried pastry coated in honey and shaped like a wreath. Sometimes sprinkles are added. And for some reason she said she loved the sprinkles on top. Um, they're so addicting. Her grandmother passed away in 2002, but one of their family friends still make it for her parents every single year. So I love that submission. That is what like Christmas food traditions are all about. Remembering family, remembering times together. You know, you smell something and you can immediately be transported that time in your life. So yep. I just love that. Deanna, thanks for taking the time to submit it. And uh, Deanna Spiata suggesting Chichere Chiata was like the most Italian uh, things I've ever said in my life. <laughs> so I feel like Drew got away. Deanna, I didn't say, well, one, I didn't know how to pronounce that word. And my family has never called them that we always call them honey balls. And my grandma would actually always make them. She died this last year. And so my mom made them in the basement, uh, you know, to kind of keep that tradition going. And so I love me some, some honey balls. My family, my grandma always used to put anise flavoring into them. I don't know if your family does that or whoever makes them for you, but funny story, 2020, of course, right? We have looked high and low in every grocery store target for anise flavoring we can't find any, like it's all gone. And my, my wife laughs so much. Cause she's like, you know what, Drew, it's just because all the Italians live in Rochester and they stocked up on their anise flavoring. And I'm like, Oh, what is happening? <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I will admit that I'm not a big anise flavoring fan. I'm not a licorice anything fan. I'm not even a Twizzlers fan. I don't even think those count as licorice. <laughs> but anyway, that's cool. I love that you guys, I'm not surprised that this is a, if it's an Italian thing, it's an Italian thing. And actually some of Rick's suggestions were also um, some very uh, Italian things. See, they were called so Italian sausage bread, bignolatis, bignolatis. I'm butchering the pronunciation. It doesn't matter. He, he submitted those as well. So guys, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, really appreciate it. And we're going to get into the discussion now, but hopefully we'll do some more giveaways. And Deanna, you'll have a, uh, let us know your favorite coffee shop. We'll have a gift card coming your way. Um, okay. We're getting in. We're, we're talking about uh, Christmas movies. And I just got to say this, Drew, real quick. I watched Home Alone over the weekend. Okay. I took the time to watch Home Alone and yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a pretty good movie. It was enjoyable. Yeah. I was with yeah. it the whole time. I enjoyed it. Some big takeaways were I was very much under the impression that it was just going to be like one long movie about him booby trapping the house. Like, because that was the only parts that you'd ever like see clips of. I just assumed like, it was just like an hour and a half of slapstick humor of these dudes just getting beat up. So then like the movie was just going and going and going. I'm like, when in the world is the part where like he actually does the stuff to the house. And I was relieved that it wasn't just like, you know, the guys getting hit in the face with the iron over and over and over and over and over again. But then once it got to that moment, it was so, it was actually really enjoyable because I had been like waiting for it, like with bated breath. And then all of the funny things from again, the iron falling down the laundry chute and hitting him in the face. That was, I loved that moment. I loved, what was my other, some of my other favorite pranks? Oh, the tar on the steps and like two shoes come off then two socks come off. And then he like had perfectly placed the nail. I was like, dude, this is, he's killing it. So anyway, there were, there were like a couple favorite pranks and I, you know, overall, I really enjoyed it. There's a number two, bro. Now you need, <laughs> now you know, now you know where to go. Now you just follow on the path of discipleship is what you're doing. So, you know, you're one next step, step at a time, more That's and better. Right. Next steps. Next, we're all about right. it. 
Oh my goodness. Anyway, so we talked about the Christmas Carol this weekend. Thank you for, um, you know, doing that message. I loved the Paul, the, the Apostle Paul parallel. I felt like throughout that was a cool, like he's, there, there were more parallels than I guess you would have maybe expected between, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge and the Apostle Paul. But like there really were, you know, he had a past. He had a present that there were some things that were crazy in it. And if things had not changed, there would not have been the future. And it took a radical interruption in the form of, you know, Jesus confronting Paul versus, you know, the three spirits um, for Charles Dickens character there, Ebenezer Scrooge. But yeah, I just love, I love that parallel where, remind me where all that came from. I'm sure we, we worked on that together. I just don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I just, I think it came from, you know, studying the scriptures and thinking about like, man, you think of Scrooge's life you know, what, what does that, like the past and the present and, and the change, like really the drastic change is what kind of like reminded us of Paul. Like Paul was, you know, this murder of Christians. And like, all of a sudden he goes from, you know, this guy who hates Christianity to like, no, now he's like this voice for Christianity. And I think that's kind of what kind of made it come clear to us is like, wow, Scrooge at the end of the movie, you see this guy who, who hates Christmas. And now he's, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry, singing joy to the world. Like it's just this change. And you see that in, in uh, Saul to Paul, which is like, you know, a very glaring change that I think we mm. see in Scrooge. Yeah. From the most anti-Christmas to embodying Christmas more than anybody else, you know, that scene at the end, I, I, I must've seen Christmas Carol. I, I actually do remember seeing it in like some, like tiny theater somewhere with my family a long time ago when it came out. And I remember really enjoying it, but I was like way more moved by that scene at the very end than I was expecting to be like the rest of the clips, they were fine. And it was just like, Oh yeah, I remember this movie, but I wasn't like, man, I need to rewatch it until that last clip. And I was like, this is infectious. Like I, I, I want to rewatch this movie because the change in him is so palpable. And even the, the way the animation works and, you know, he walks by the singers and he looks all like grumpy and then he joins in and sings with them, you know, and like, it's just, he's so playful and Jim Carrey did a great job, you know, voicing all that. So I think I was, that's, the, I think that's, you know, one thing, you know, with time constraints on Sunday, one thing I didn't get to mention is just like, not only does Scrooge change, but people notice it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so th- uh, that guy's face at the last clip we watched where he has this bright smile watching Scrooge walk away. I think it was a powerful glimpse into like what the gospel does in us and how people out in the world notice like what happened to Drew, Mm. like something changed his life. And, you know, I I think that's why I love the Christmas Carol is it just gives you a glimpse into the power that Christ can do in us. And the, the obvious things that people will notice have changed in our our life. I actually watched um, a Christmas Carol. One of my traditions with my dad every Christmas was we would watch a Christmas Carol together. The one, if you ever want to watch a really good version, it's older. It's the George C. Scott, a Christmas Carol. My okay. mom and I and Ashley watched it last night. It was kind of sad, um, but also, you know, it's just a good memory of dad. And it's, re- it's really, really good. Mm. Yeah. There's the, the confusion followed by elation on the faces of all of the people is like, that's the Apostle Paul, right? You know, like for him to show up at the synagogue in Damascus, not to arrest, but to convince the, the Jews there that Jesus was the Messiah is like that Scrooge, you know, giving the big donation to the pastor and singing joy to the world and, you know, sliding around on a coach, right? <laughs> like yeah, Bob Cratchit 
literally in his office, like, I'm going to double your salary. Yeah. No, come on. They're waiting for the the shoe to drop. The moment Mm -hmm. where he's like, gotcha, you're in jail. Right. You know, that's the, that's the amount of transformation, which is Paul. Like what's, what's so great about Paul is you also get like such a, a great glimpse into his psychology at some level because he wrote so much of the new Testament. Like you get so much of his story. So here's a guy who can write, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come, right? Like a full transformation, but he can also in Philippians three, talk about his, his whole background of like, here's what I had accomplished. But then in Timothy, he talks about himself as the chief of sinners. In fact, he does that multiple times throughout the new Testament. So he has like this interesting relationship with his past where he sees himself as completely brand new. He even says forgetting was behind. And even I consider all of that as rubbish, which in the Greek, you know, is a, is a much stronger term than we would be comfortable translating that to in English. But like, I consider that complete trash. Yeah. Compared to knowing Christ, all of those accomplishments, I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm straining toward what is ahead. But at the same time, he was able to, he was able to put his past in the proper place, I guess is the way that I would describe it. And he had a really healthy relationship with Mm -hmm. all the, what, all the things that was his, that were his past. Right. And I think, you know, one thing that people struggle with as you look at Paul's or Scrooge's life is they look and they're like, man, my life hasn't changed that dr- dramatically. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you feel attention. I felt attention. Like, wait, Holy smokes. Does, does Christ live in me? Cause my life hasn't changed so dramatically, but you mm-hmm. also see Paul say, Hey, he still had struggles even in the midst of his giant change. He says mm-hmm. like, I do the things I don't want to do. And like, he still has that in, 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 internal battle between his flesh and his his spirit. And so he talks mm-hmm. about like, Hey, change is still go- ongoing in my life. And so I think for people, you can walk away being like, man, w- why hasn't my life drastically changed? Well, for some of us, it's a, it's a slow change. It's not just a, you know, some people don't give up all their addictions when they meet Jesus, but it's the sanctification change that as mm-hmm. I grow closer to Christ, the more he changes about me. And Correct. that still happened in Paul's life, even though his change was drastic. Yeah. And, and he prays, you know, in Philippians in, in chapter one, he's, he talks about how um, he who began a good work in you will carry it on into completion yeah. to the day of Christ Jesus. Like he's convinced that God had begun a work in them, which would not be completed until they were presented as part of the perfect bride of Christ at their death and at Christ's resurrection. I mean, at, at, at Christ's return. So there's, there is always the incremental, but there's always also the, the status change. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come like not the old is going and the new is coming, but the old is gone and the new has come. Like there is an actual status in the eyes of God. You are transformed and you are made new, but also there's the incremental change over time. So with Scrooge, what's fun is getting to see an exact, you know, so often movies and books and things like that are designed to be kind of a caricature everything's exaggerated of real life. And that's what's true of Scrooge, right? He was more miserly probably than anybody we're ever going to meet, but also more transformed than anybody we're probably ever going to meet, you know? So like, that's what stories do is in, they, they find their power in their exaggeration of the details of reality. So what, one thing that you talked about was, you know, if you made the same decisions every week that you made this week, who are you in five years? And, or even later on talked about how direction, not intention determines destination. And honestly, that's a helpful line of reasoning, but it's a terrifying one for me because I, I've even heard another phrase that's, um, you're the sum total of all the things that you do every day. And I make 
that's terrifying because I make so many excuses for like, oh, well, we have young kids or like, oh, the holidays are just nuts. Or like, I have a reason for why I don't do all the things that I objectively know are even just like healthy decisions, whatever, you know, like the way I eat or the, the exercise I do or don't do or whatever. Like I always have a reason for why I'm not, but someday I will. But man, that's my intention. That's not my actual direction. And so if I intend to exercise, but I don't actually exercise, well, five years from now, you're going to be able to tell. <laughs> and my, you know, my doctor is going to be able to tell. So I think that's the scary thing is that I'm all about motive. My personality is so motive wired that I'm not necessarily always assessing like you can have the best of intentions in the world and mean well. But man, if you're not actually doing something, we got a problem. And that's what Scrooge was having to experience was like, bro, you're a miser. You're a jerk. Look at the end game here. This is not about what you intend. This is about what you're actually doing. Yeah. And those are just scary thoughts. Oh, dude, I completely agree. And I think it can go in reverse order too. Like sometimes your intentions are valuable too. Like, you know, God says, Hey, I look at the heart and from the mm. heart comes our motive. And so like, we can actually do the right thing with the wrong intention and still be like Saul, right? Like, so like yes, I can that's true. give back to the church and be like, mm, I just want people to see how generous I am. And boom, we miss it. So mm -hmm. like those two things work very well together, but like Saul's a great example, man. He was, he thought he was pleasing God and he wasn't like mm -hmm. that scares that. That's something that keeps you up at night. Like, mm -hmm. wow. I want people to judge based off of my motive more than my decisions. A lot of times like, Hey, I'm just right. trying to please God over here. Get mad at me. I made a mistake. Right. But yeah. Like, I'm doing my best. I'm just doing my best. <laughs> Especially yeah. in 2020. Right. Like you're like, Oh my word, I'm making all these decisions and I don't know what right. to do, but I'm just trying to please God over here though. Like look at my heart, but like, yeah. sometimes that's not a full picture. Like we can't mm -hmm. just say measure my motives, not my decisions. It has to be a balance of those two things working in unison together, godly mm -hmm. wise decisions with a godly heart. That's what leads you to the right direction. And what I think Christmas Carol and other people, any story, or even, even Paul's life, the question, why are you persecuting me? What that ends up doing is it's a, it's a forecast that plays into the powerful human emotion of regret mm -hmm. where like, when Scrooge saw his, his business partner in chains, that's like, oh no, that guy's clearly, you know, deep in regret. Mm -hmm. And then he sees his own tombstone and it's like the regret and the, I wish I would have done it differently. And I would have done it differently. What, you know, just give me one more chance. I think human, one of the most powerful emotions that we can experience is regret because it's unchangeable. There's yeah. nothing we can do about it. And so that's, Whenever we have an opportunity, and I think we should exercise this muscle regularly to like forecast our future based on our current decisions. And that's what Christmas Carol obviously does. And we can, we can choose to do that. Like what, who am I in five years based on my current behaviors? And if you don't like that, well then choose not to regret the person you could have become. You don't mm -hmm. have to regret that. <laughs> you can choose to today make a difference that will, you know, in five years, 10 years, make that big difference. And so regret is Anytime I'm my personality in particular, because I'm an Enneagram six and I'm always planning for the worst. I'm like, if I see something regrettable, I'm always just like, no, like <laughs> I it won't happen to me. Like I'm going to plan differently. But yet again, with a diet or exercise or reading the scriptures or whatever it is. Yeah. I might say that, but like, let's look back at the last year. What does that say about me as a person? If I were to just do exactly what I've done for the last year, for the next 10 I don't think I like the results. And so I love the challenge to remember that like in Christ, we're made new and every day we need to make decisions that are bringing us closer to our relationship with God. Yeah. What 
the Christmas Carol made me do is it made me want to go back and watch the series of life that matters. You know, it's okay, kind of yeah. like how they tie together. Death brings perspective. It was that tombstone that like hit Scrooge, like, Holy crap, I'm going to die. Like death yeah, is man. right around the corner and death does bring that perspective like of, and it also brings up those regrets. Like if I don't choose to change, I'm going to regret a lot of things that I didn't mm-hmm. choose. And That's so, right. yeah, it's just a, it's a great reminder that we all need regularly, not when something bad happens, not when death is right around the corner or we're looking at a tombstone. This is something we need to evaluate our lives on a consistent, regular basis. Absolutely. And Hey, we're probably out of time. Drew, thank you for taking the time. I don't want to regret how long this podcast goes. <laughs> oh, well played. Okay. Um, coming up Christmas Eve, we got, you know, four different services. I'm just going to plow right through that terrible joke. The 27th we're online and we will be back with the podcast after January 3rd with Nate Miller. Um, have a super Merry Christmas, everybody. Mm-hmm. I know it's different. We know it's not the same as normal, but that doesn't mean that the birth of Christ isn't worth celebrating. So however that looks for you and your family this year, um, remember that we have the hope that God is with us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Christmas.